Welcome to another edition of The Word of God with Father Reed Henserling at All Saints Episcopal Church in Lakeland, Florida. We are at the end of the calendar year, proper 29, the last Sunday after Pentecost. Now, remember, we started Pentecost six months ago. We began with Advent a year ago. Then we went to Christmas. From Christmas, we went to Epiphany. From Epiphany, we went to Lent. Then Jesus dies, Holy Week. Easter, he rises from the dead. We have a season of Easter. And then seven weeks later, Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes down. 50 days later, after his resurrection, we have Trinity Sunday, which is the first Sunday after Pentecost. And then the second, third, fourth, fifth after a Pentecost, all the way to proper 29, all the way to proper 29. And so this is the week of proper 29. Next week, the first Sunday of Advent, a new calendar year, even though it's technically not the first of the year, Advent begins at in the last Sunday of November or the first Sunday of December, depending on the calendar and when Christmas is, Okay. If there's three Sundays prior to Christmas in December, then it begins in the last week of November. Now, as we look at Proper 29, we've got a series of scriptures that we'll be looking at. We'll be finishing Zechariah. Remember, we were working on Zechariah last week. The book of the prophet Zechariah has 14 chapters. Zechariah 9, 9 to 14, 21. We'll be looking at Continued reading of Luke, Luke 18, 15 to Luke 19, 48. And the epistle readings this week are eclectic. We'll be looking at Galatians 6, 1 Corinthians 3, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1, 15, Romans 15, and Philippians 2. All of those scriptures are fabulous, and I could spend a lot of time on them. But again, as we do every week, we're just going to spend a few minutes on each, and we'll ask you to have an enjoyable time reading the Word of God. And I hope you will join us for another year of the Word of God and another year of reading the Scriptures through the daily lectionary. Remember, we also have the Sunday lectionary, and that's easy to look up. You can actually Google that. Put Sunday lectionary readings, Episcopal Church, and for each Sunday, and then we'll give you the four readings for each Sunday. But we begin in Zechariah chapter 9. Now, Zechariah is not an easy book. The interesting thing about Zechariah, it's got some Messianic prophecies that are pretty famous. And so Zechariah is a late book, meaning that it comes as one of the last prophetic books and one of the last books of the Old Testament. And we are in chapter 9, verse 9. And this is the famous passage regarding the coming of Jesus. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. 9, 9. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey. On a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now that's about as literal as it gets as to what actually happens as Jesus comes into Jerusalem, and he's coming into Jerusalem for about a week, and then he's going to die at the end of that week. 
Zechariah chapter 10 on Monday, the restoration of Judah and Israel. Ask rain from the Lord, verse 1, in the season of the spring rain, from the Lord who makes the storm clouds, and he will give them showers of rain to everyone, the vegetation in the field. And so you just, again, you read through these. To understand it really well, you'd need a commentary. But since we're not going there, you want to read slowly and let the prophetic word sink into your mind and in your soul. So he's talking about restoration here. It's a great theme of the Bible. Restoration, forgiveness, salvation, reparation. And then, of course, the contrary is wrath, indignation, dealing with sin, separation from God, judgment. Then we look at chapter 11, verses 4 to 17. And chapter 12 1 through 10 on Wednesday, the Lord will give salvation. In the previous chapter, there's judgment. Okay? He says in verse 6 of chapter 11, I will no longer have pity on the inhabitants of this land, declares the Lord. I will cause each of them to fall into the hands of his neighbor, into each of the hand of his king, and they shall cross the land, and I will deliver none from their hand. I became the shepherd of the flock, doomed to be slaughtered by the sheep traders. And then in 12, that's 1, 12, the, word of the, Lord, the oracle of the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Thus says the Lord, who stretched out the heavens and founded the earth. Again, he's the creator. And formed the spirit of man within him. He's the creator. I'm about to make Jerusalem a cup of staggering to all the surrounding people. The siege of Jerusalem will also be against Judah. On that day, I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who lift it will surely hurt themselves, and all the nations on the earth will gather against it. On that day, declares the Lord, I will strike every horse with panic and its rider with madness. But for the sake of the house of Judah, I will keep my eyes open when I strike every horse of the peoples with blindness. So, what did I say earlier? You've got wrath, you've got indignation, you've got judgment, and then you've got salvation. You have saving people, rescuing. And so he does that in chapter 12. The famous verse, And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy. This is verse 10 of chapter 12. When they look on me on whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child, and weep bitterly for him, as one weeps for over firstborn. So there's the piercing of Jesus on the cross. Chapter 13 on Thursday, about cutting off idolatry. Verse 7. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me, declares the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. I will turn my hand against the little ones. Again, another prophecy. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. Another messianic prophecy. Isn't that amazing? In chapter 14, the coming of the Lord. The coming of the Lord. In chapter 14, Behold, a day is coming for the Lord, when the spoil taken from you will be divided in your midst. Verse 1, chapter 14, For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses plundered and the women raped. Half of the city shall go out into exile, but the rest of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as when he fights on the day of battle. 
So you want the Lord to fight for you. You want the Lord to be on your side. You want the Lord to reign. You want the Lord to be victor in your life. You do not want to fight the battles. You want the Lord to fight the battles for you. Beautiful scripture. Read chapter 14. Now, the epistle readings, uh, very, very, very briefly, we'll go with, over them with you. We begin with 1 Peter chapter 3, 13 to 22 on Sunday. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 to 22. Great verse on verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, being made alive in the spirit. Beautiful line. Galatians 6, 1 through 10. Now, Galatians, we're very familiar with Galatians chapter 5, but this is Galatians chapter 6. Chapter 6, 1 through 10. A couple of notable, notable verses. I love verse 3. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. Do not be deceived, verse 7. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. I love verse 8. I've got this in one of my cards Galatians 6, 8. I try to live by this. For the one who sows to his own flesh from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, but in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Wouldn't that be great if we all did that? And especially to those who are of the household of faith. Wow, that would be great. Let us do good to everyone. 1 Corinthians 3.10, one of my favorite verses in talking about the importance of good works. 1 Corinthians 3.10. I love this verse. 10. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building on it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation, verse 11, other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So what you want to do is lay a great foundation. You're building an edifice to the Lord. You want to lay down a foundation that is Christ Jesus. All right? Do you not know that you are God's temple? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. The Spirit of God dwells in your body. The Spirit of God is housed. Be careful how you talk. Be careful how you live. Be careful how you walk. Honor the Lord. Glorify the Lord. Bless the Lord. Listen to the Lord. Beautiful scripture. So 1 Peter 3, lots to think about. Galatians 6, much to think about. 1 Corinthians 3. Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. I could spend six months on that one. It's so good. Ephesians 1. I just draw your attention to it. I just love it. And 3 is true, folks. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. 
you have every blessing that you need to have in this life. And you and I have been blessed in Christ. And he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. And keep on reading. Fabulous verse. One of those that I've copied and I read often. I try to read this often. I also try to read 15 to 23 often. Fabulous scripture. Let me pick one. We're praying that your hearts are enlightened. The eyes of your heart are enlightened. Verse 18 of chapter 1. That you may know what is the hope in which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Your eyes of your heart are enlightened. You may know what is the hope to which he has called you. You know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. What is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. This great work of God in your life. Beautiful scripture. That whole first chapter is amazing. Romans 15. Of course, everything in Romans is good, right? Romans 15, the end of the book. 16 chapters in Romans. Romans 15, 7 to 13. 7 to 13. May the God of hope. Boy, verse 13 is really good. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. What do we need in our world today? We need hope. And God is a God of hope. May he fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. You and I cannot abound in hope by ourselves. That is for sure. It's a supernatural act of God. And then finally, Philippians 2, 1 through 11, to cap out the year. Hard to get a better scripture than this one, that's for sure. Do nothing, verse 3, from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Wouldn't that be something? In humility... Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And then in verse 5, he talks about having this mind among yourselves, which is in Christ Jesus. And he talks about Christ's humility and the fact that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess in Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God the Father. As we close the year... A beautiful set of scriptures from Philippians and Romans and Ephesians and Corinthians and Galatians and Peter. Enjoy. Let's go back to our gospel work. Luke 18, 15 to 30. Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I, truly I say to you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God, like a child, shall not enter it. So we need to come as children before the Lord. The rich ruler, why do you call me good? Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he kept all the commandments amazingly. One thing you lack, sell all that you have, 
give it to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Follow me. Isn't that amazing? And the man went away sad, and he was extremely rich. How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And then the famous line that all of us have heard before. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. What is impossible with man is possible with God. So it's all up to the Lord. The Lord is in charge. Beautiful line out of Luke chapter 18. Jesus heals a blind beggar. What do you want me to do for you? Lord, let me recover my sight. Receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. He has this incredible teaching ministry, and he has this incredible healing ministry. He can do anything to save his people from their sins. Jesus, he's the one that you want to know better and better. By reading the scripture and thinking about all these great scriptures that we're sharing in proper 29, you're going to be very, very blessed. Chapter 19, we have Jesus and Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, the little man who comes, who is, rips people off. Jesus comes to his house. The Son of Man came to seek and to save what is lost. He changes Zacchaeus' perspective. And that's what Jesus does. He comes to change the way we think. We hear the parable of the ten miners on Thursday. And then we have his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Remember, I referred to that a few minutes ago when I talked about coming into Jerusalem and having several days there before he's crucified. He weeps over Jerusalem, and then he cleanses the temple. So, there are many, many beautiful chapters and verses about Christ. We've been looking at them in Luke. So as you read these daily lectionary readings, you want to meditate, you want to contemplate, you want to pray, you want to reflect. What is God saying to you? You want to get these words in your mind, in your soul. Perhaps you may even remember some of them. You want to read them again and again. That's why I keep reading the daily lectionary. I started in 1992, and uh, it's been a wonderful way to learn the scriptures and to just kind of go through the church year thinking about the Word of God on a daily basis and something that will help you immeasurably. Well, I hope you have a wonderful time reading these scriptures as we close out this year. When I meet you next time, meet with you next time, we'll be looking at Advent, the beginning of a new year and the coming of the Lord. Lord Jesus, bless your people as they seek to read your word and understand your word. Give us wisdom and insight and always grace and the power of the Holy Spirit to understand, to have the revelation that we need to understand the word of the Lord. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you.